0: Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The word of the Lord. You may be seated.
1: I am excited to welcome my friend Robert Lloyd to preach to us today, so I'm going to introduce him and get out of the way. Uh, He is a native of St. Louis and resides in Florissant with his wife, Nikki, who's also here with him. Uh, So welcome to both of you. Both of them are graduates of McClure North High School. I feel like I always have to mention which high school people (laughs) went to. Since I moved here, that's the rule, I think. They've been happily married since 1999 and are proud parents of three children. Pastor Lloyd earned his MBA at Funt University, a bachelor's degree from National Lewis University, and an associate's degree from the Academy of Health and Science in San Antonio, Texas, while he was serving in the U.S. Army Reserves. And Pastor Lloyd is the pastor of Calvary Bible Church in Floreson on Graham Road. That They just celebrated their one-year Anniversary where I had the honor to to preach on that Sunday. Uh, personally, uh, Pastor Robert is is a friend, and he loves the gospel, and he loves our community. He loves people, and so for me, when I meet a pastor like that in our own community, it naturally I'm drawn to him, and I want to build a relationship and a friendship with him. He's a co-worker in the gospel uh, and very much involved in the North County Pastors Association with me and BK, who's also here, so shout out to BK and Tedia. Uh, And uh, we're excited to see what God might do through bringing like-minded churches together, churches that are committed to the gospel. There's an uncompromising commitment to God's gospel of grace in Christ, and yet this love for people and our community. So please welcome Pastor Robert Lloyd. Good morning. I want to thank Pastor Sergey uh, for allowing me this
2: opportunity. It's such a blessing to be here with you uh, this fine Sunday morning. And also to his lovely wife, Jillian, and all of you here at Chatham Bible Church. Good to see BK and and Tedia this morning as well. Um, I'm going to get right to preaching um, for a sermon entitled, When the Seeker... Meets the Savior. Do you mind if I pray? I've already had the scripture read. Father, uh, we thank you for this distinct opportunity to preach such a valuable message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that, uh, as John would say, that I would decrease, that you might increase. And if I may borrow from the Apostle Paul and say that not my teachings be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but a demonstration of your spirit and your power. Open up hearts here today at Chatham like you did for Lydia in Acts chapter 16. Holy Spirit, please move through your servant. And if no one remembers my name, may we never forget you and how you work in our midst. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus makes it clear that he was setting his face towards Jerusalem, for it would be in Jerusalem where he would die for our sins. He turns and he starts to head in that direction. On his way there, he meets a rich young ruler who came to Jesus, who asked him the question. And the question was, what must I do to receive eternal life? You all might remember this story of this rich young ruler who wanted to know if He could gain eternal life by keeping rules. This young man, you would think, wanted to be a follower of Jesus until he discovered that he would have to part with his riches because Jesus told him to sell everything that he had and to give to the poor. This man... To make a long story short, he walks away from Jesus when he finds out that he had to give up his idols. And then Jesus made this statement in Luke chapter 18. He said, how hard is it for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of heaven? He goes on to say, it is, harder for, it is hard for a camel to go through the eye of a needle It is much harder for a rich person to enter into God's kingdom. That's interesting that that's in Luke chapter 18. For it is in Luke chapter 19 that another rich man by the name of Zacchaeus, who hears that Jesus is coming into town and he wants to see this Jesus. Very similar to the rich young ruler, except for the fact that Zacchaeus had some impediments. And it was that he was short and there was a big crowd around. But Zacchaeus wanted to see this Jesus. He was in for a shock, he was in for a surprise. But with your permission, I'd like to talk about this story of Zacchaeus, this seekers encounter with the Savior, and give you three thoughts to ponder. One I'd like for you to consider from verses 1 through 5, the seeking sinner, this Zacchaeus guy. Then from verse 6, we'll start talking about the sovereign Savior. And after we talk about this sovereign savior, we will talk about this subsequent salvation. Let me start with this seeking sinner. Who is it? It's Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus' name means the innocent one, or one who is pure. That's what his name means. He was a very prominent man. He was a tax collector. And tax collectors were the people who collected money, taxes, from the Jews on behalf of Rome. And that's who he was. Now, what's interesting about Zacchaeus, he was not only a tax collector, but he was a chief tax collector, which implies that there were other tax collectors underneath him. Now, let me tell you a little something about these tax collectors. As I aforementioned, they they taxed the Jews on behalf of Rome. Well, they were known to pad their pockets. So if Rome would say, well, it's a 10% tax, people like Zacchaeus would charge the Jews 15% and keep the 5% in their pockets. And so that's why the Jews didn't necessarily like the tax collectors because they were swindlers. They were known to get over. But this Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. And here's the deal. Not only was he a short man, but he was also a determined man. He did not allow his height to prevent him from seeing Jesus. So what does he do? Zacchaeus, Climbs up a sycamore tree. You all might have heard the song before. He climbs up this sycamore tree, probably hangs out on a branch, so that he could see Jesus. Now, let me point something else out to you real quickly. That word in the Greek when it talks about seeking Jesus is zeteo, z-e-t-e-o, and it means someone who desires, someone who pursues, Someone who chases. So he did not allow his short stature, his obstacle to prevent him from seeing Jesus. Can I just insert something here real quickly? It amazes me how quickly we give up. How little runny nose makes us not go to church. (laughs) Many of us believe in baptism, but a little rain will keep us from going to church. When we were dipped all the way down in water, just a little drizzle, Well, I guess I won't go to church today. But Zacchaeus was determined that he would not allow his short stature to prevent him from seeing Jesus. Something you all might not have noticed that I've done. I said Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. But if you look back at the text, it did not say Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. He inserts this other word. He wants to see who Jesus is. Quite a distinction. Because there were many people who wanted to see Jesus. I mean, after all, who wouldn't want to see a man who raises Lazarus from the dead? Who wouldn't want to see a man who takes two fish and five loaves of bread and feeds over 5,000 people? Who would not want to see a man when they hear about Peter, who walked on water because he bidded Peter to come? Who wouldn't want to see a man who told the storm I know the Bible says peace be still, but in the Greek it means shut up. Who wouldn't want to see a man who speaks to the wind and tells it to shut up and then the winds obey him? Who wouldn't want to see a man like this? In fact, they would say come see a man, but I want to tell you he does more than turn Uh, uh, feed 5,000 with bread. He is the bread of life. He doesn't just have Peter walk on the water. He is the living water. Anybody know what I'm talking about on today? And so the scripture is clear. Zacchaeus wasn't looking to see a miracle from Jesus. He wanted to see who Jesus is. He wanted to see this bread that has come down from heaven. He wanted to see the, this living water. He wanted to see who Jesus is. Can I say this real quickly? See, people who want to see who Jesus is, they come to Bible study. People who want to see who Jesus is can't wait to come to church on Sunday, so much so that they worship him at home because they don't just want to see Jesus, they want to see who he is. Can the church say amen? Y'all, I like call response. I apologize to you early. But Zacchaeus wanted to see who this Jesus is. And so he hangs out. On this branch you ever thought about this why did he want to see how did he hear about Jesus how did this guy Zacchaeus who is wealthy how does he hear about Jesus but there's a guy by the name of Matthew anybody remember Matthew he's calling in in Matthew chapter 9 uh, this 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 Matthew, was also a publican, and he was probably underneath Zacchaeus, and he told the story about Jesus. Can I tell you why some of our folks are not seeking Jesus? Because we're not talking about him. We come to church, we come to Sunday school, and then we go home and we're quiet. But not Matthew. Matthew most likely told him about Jesus And he climbed up that tree, up that sycamore tree, to see Jesus. Not only do we see this seeking sinner, but we also see a very sovereign Savior. We see a sovereign Savior, and that starts at verse 5. And listen to this. It says, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry And come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they grumbled. And they said, he is gone to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. Hmm. May I ask you all a question? How did Jesus know his name? How, how, how did Jesus know who this Zacchaeus was? Did someone introduce them? Did someone say, Jesus, in case you're wondering who that guy is that's hanging out on that branch, his name is Zacchaeus. And, and we don't like him, by the way. That's who he is. No, the scripture is clear, it says, and when he looked up and saw him, he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry, and come down. Some of us, in order to see Jesus, we've got to come down. Many of us have done our own human effort and our own testimony, you hear it. Well, I came down, and I gave my life to Jesus, and I surrendered, and I I gave it over to him, and I follow him. I tell you, Zacchaeus had to come down. He climbed all the way up that tree so he could see Jesus, and Jesus looks at him, and without any formal introduction, calls him by his name. Imagine the effort in climbing a sycamore tree. But I'm told that the branches on a sycamore tree are short. That's probably why he climbed up the sycamore tree. But I also hear it's difficult to climb. But he climbed up that tree. He gets there and he realizes that this Savior did not need him to climb a tree in order to know who he was. And may I get you to think about something else? I wonder if Jesus could look up in a tree and without any introduction, say Zacchaeus come down, if he could have picked Zacchaeus out in a crowd, even behind the people. You know what I believe? I believe he could have and I believe he would have. Why? Because he's sovereign and he's a sovereign savior. Here's here's a text uh, to prove to that. It's John 1, beginning at verse 35, down to verse 42. Andrew brings his brother Peter, and he's want to introduce Simon to Jesus, and Jesus looks at him, and before Andrew could say, this is my brother Simon, guess what Jesus said. Your name is Simon. (laughs) Your name is Simon. He told him his name without any formal introduction. He's somber. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He knows everything about us. He is our sovereign savior. And then he says, Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house. Come down. By the way, in the Greek, when it says hurry, in the Greek, it's the same word, our English word speed. That's what we derive our English word speed from when he says hurry in the Greek. So he's saying get down. You know what Zacchaeus probably did? He probably jumped down out of that tree. To see Jesus he jumps down to go see Jesus to go to his house I don't know about you all but on Sunday morning my house is a wreck and when people say well I want to come to your house I generally say give me about an hour so I can go clean up because we've got stuff everywhere because we rushed out to church so I need to go home and get things cleaned up then you can come to my house but no not Zacchaeus but you know what I would have done It would have taken me a while to get down that tree. Maybe he'll give me a different proposal or something. But Zacchaeus hurries down. You know why? And you know what I love about this? So often, so often we think we need to go clean up, don't we? Some of us are still trying to clean ourselves up. Some of us are still trying to sweep the floor, wash the dishes, and all of that. But you know what? You know what I love about God? He's the one who does the cleaning. God is not worried about your dishes, the floor, and all those things you're trying to clean up. God is worried about our heart and our souls because that's not the issue. The issue is we need him to come into our homes, come into our houses, come into our relationships, come into our marriages, come into our finances. We don't need a God who we just simply see. We need a God who we know who he is. Because that just just ignites worship when we know the God to whom we worship. I love what Jesus said to the woman at the well in John chapter 4. You worship, but you know not what. You do not know the object of your worship. But that's not true of Zacchaeus. He wanted to see who Jesus is. And he got a dose of it boy, did he ever get a dose. Not only that, not only do we see this seeking sinner, but we also see a sovereign savior. This, this, I'm sorry, a subsequent salvation. A subsequent salvation. We see a seeking sinner, a, a, a sovereign savior, and a subsequent salvation. You know, it became so obvious in verses 8 through 10 that this Zacchaeus was a different man. Listen to what verses 8 through 10 says. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the behalf of my goods I will give I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'll restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Since he also is the son of Abraham, listen to verse 10. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Here's something Martin Luther said. He said, it's the nature of God that he creates out of nothing. Therefore, God can make anything out of a person who has not yet become nothing. I'm sorry, God cannot make anything out of a person who has not yet become nothing. Therefore God receives none but those who are broken and restores health to none but those who are sick gives sight to none but those who are blind and life to none but those who are dead. He does not give forgiveness to any but sinners. And we see it here. Zacchaeus said, behold, Lord, The half of my goods I give to the poor. Isn't that quite different from what the rich young ruler said? He's like, no way. And you know what's interesting about the rich young ruler? He said, sell all you have and give to the poor. He could have sold all of it, got the proceeds, given to the poor and kept. But he loved his money so much that there was no way he wanted to depart from it. But... Here's Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus says, the half of my goods I give to the poor. The half of my goods I give to the poor. You know what I see there? I see in that text that he's repenting. But you know what else I see? Look at what he says next. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And then he says, "Today salvation has come to this house. There are two things you see. You see him changing. He wants to give instead of take. And you see him repenting. If I've defrauded anyone of anything, I'll restore it fourfold. He's quoting the law when he says that. We see repentance and change. It's not enough to just say, I repented. Where's the change? But we see it in his life. He not only said, God, I'm sorry, but we see him changing. He's willing to give instead of take. He's willing to help instead of hurt. He's willing to heal instead of bringing pain. Notice this, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You know what I like about verse 10? Remember, we said in in Luke chapter 18, he says, what's impossible with man is possible with God. Also, this verse, if you couple verse 10 here Back with verse 1, where Zacchaeus, early on, I should say, in 19, where Zacchaeus wants to seek Jesus. These are the same Greek words, where Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus, and the Son of Man came to seek and save. And here's the idea. Zacchaeus, what he didn't realize is he was the one who took the bait. When I go bass fishing, And I love bass fishing. You know what I love? I love it when the bass thinks that he's going to get that worm and win. I love it when he seeks my bait, when he goes after my bait. You know why? Because I'm the one that's doing the hunting. I made him think that he's hunting, but all along, it's me doing the hunting. And this is the case with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus thinks that he's the one seeking God when it's really God seeking him. Here's the thought. No man comes unless I do the drawing. God is the one drawing man. He's the one pulling on the hearts of man. He told the disciples, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. I love the way Paul says it in Philippians 1. He says, it's not only granted to you to be saved, but to also suffer for his name's sake. Paul is saying, it was granted to you to be saved. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10, he says, it is by grace you've been saved, through faith. And watch this, and that not of yourselves. Not of you, Zacchaeus. Not of you climbing that sycamore tree. You're not saved because of your human effort. Your salvation is not anchored in yourself. Your ability to climb a tree, you know what it is? It's based on Christ climbing a tree. You see, the text starts out saying he was on his way. He was going through Jericho. But where was he headed? To Jerusalem. And so on his way to the cross, he encounters Zacchaeus. And he says the Son of Man came not just to seek... See, Zacchaeus was seeking, but watch this. He was being sought. The Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. By the way, the Son of Man designation, it applies to his humanity, Christ's humanity that he put on, Cornelius, he put on flesh. That we call it the fleshing. If I were to take you to Hebrews chapter 2, it says, Since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself partook of the very same things. What things? Flesh and blood? That he might deliver them who all their lives long had a fear of death and to destroy the work of Satan. What is he saying in that verse? He's saying he couldn't be nailed for our sins if he didn't have hands. He couldn't be pierced in his side. If he didn't have ribs, he could not be nailed to a cross. If he did not have a body, God could not die unless he put on humanity. In other words, he could not pay the price for our sins unless he put on flesh and became the very son of man. And so he says, the son of man, he came to seek and to save those who are lost. That is why he could not die on a ship because he was not to die on the ship, he was to die on the cross. Zacchaeus, you climbed the tree, but he'll be on the tree to die for your sins. Zacchaeus, in every seeking sinner here today, You might think, oh, I'm here because I've heard a lot about Chatham and I wanted to come visit. I'm just telling you, you took the bait and God is holding the reel and He's reeling you in, not for a fish fry, (laughs) for salvation, a real salvation. This salvation will make a man who was so thirsty for money, he cheated his own people. He now turns to say, bring me a poor person, Jesus, and I'll give him everything I used to spend my life chasing for. Because I've been on the hook. I've been on the hook, and he baited me in. That Jesus who I wanted to see, I saw him. And my life was never the same. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? You saw who he was. You you, you didn't come to one of these uh, word of faith churches. It tells you have faith in your faith. No, that's a way of me having faith in myself. And your faith is only as strong as the person to whom you put your belief in. But my soul is anchored in none other than Jesus. Sometimes I feel like I'm still climbing down that tree. But thank God I can because he climbed up that tree. Still learning to let go of my hangups because he hung up for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm going to call Pastor Sergey back up. I think that's whose hands I turned this back into. God bless you all. Thank you.